Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett yeah. The man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop Give him his props, here is a thought Here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all So don't even try, careful with the news But when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire Because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown Baby, hey, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Go! What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, I was almost going to say August, July 19th. Dennis and Matt are here with me. We are going to be going over our top 16 quarterbacks for fantasy in the 2020 season, so our top uh, half of the league here. Before we jump into that, though, gentlemen, how are we doing on this beautiful Monday? How are your weekends? Oh, my weekend's been busy, and I have uh, nine days until I leave for Hawaii. So anything behind me does not matter near as much as what's in front of me. I can understand that 100%. Yeah, it's been nice. I've been out uh, out today. Uh, uh, got to listen to uh, campus Canton's campus life this morning when I was wandering around the, the neighborhood trying not to die of heat stroke and while I was mowing my lawn in a hurry before workmen came. But uh, it's been pretty relaxing. You just got a new air conditioner. Why are you out mowing your yard and wandering around the neighborhood? I mean, I still have house husband chores to do you know i still i still have some things to do this afternoon you know i it was glorious i picked the downstairs bedroom and laid on the mattress took a little bit of a a nap under the vents we did get air conditioning central air conditioning um as matt knows it it does get hot enough here sometimes in the year that uh it's it's a little bit depressing we have had uh since we moved into this house Eight years ago when they told us no one needs air conditioning in Colorado, my wife has uh, declared that to be a lie. Uh, and finally, you know, after we refinanced the house, that was the first project we got finished. My wife's birthday is tomorrow. She said she wanted to be cold on her birthday, so she's been very excited about this whole process. Air conditioning is a phenomenal invention, and why someone ever told you that, I, I don't understand. Yes, it's uh, it is amazing. I I remember they, when we visited. They you told, told him that. that. They, they told him that so they could sell a house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we when we went, even when we've gone the couple times, we always go in the summer, and yeah, it, it definitely. I mean, I'm used to yeah. heat like nine months out of the year in Texas, but it does get pretty hot up there. And my parents have AC at their house up there, and I was I was kind of surprised to find out that you guys don't. But it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful invention. You probably only have no. to use it for what a couple, what three, maybe four months out of the year for the most part. 
Yeah, we'll see. We have gotten into the the monsoon part of the year. Like I, I turn it off in the evening, can open everything up, and it drops down. And it didn't kick on today until twelve thirty, because um, it takes a while to get hot. We're also starting to get into monsoon on. Um, I think it was Saturday, the first day we had it. We were holding it at seventy five in here, and a storm swept over, and it said it was sixty two outside. So I just turned everything off and opened up. So that there are what they call the natural air conditioning that we've been able to get by with. But it's those days like today, there really are no clouds and I have all West facing windows and it's upper eighties. So we're just, you know, baking until the sun drops behind Pike's peak. Old Pike's peak. All right. So let's talk about our quarterbacks here. We're gonna do it a little bit different than we did last year. Last year we started at I think we only did 32 last year, too. Yeah. Started 32. at 32, made our way up. Since Dennis is with us on the Monday shows, we're going to give you guys the great content first. And then if you guys don't want to tune in on – I mean, still tune in on Thursdays. But, you know, me and Matt will use those Thursday episodes to talk about the back half and then Marvel and then all kinds of other interesting stuff. Ted Lasso very soon, supposedly, is dropping. I have watched the first two. Cannot wait. But number one at quarterback is consensus for all three of us, and that is Patrick Mahomes. Dennis, was there any thought in your mind to go to anybody else, or was it just as soon as you sat down and started doing your rankings, you knew Mahomes was going in as number one? You know, I I feel pretty comfortable with Mahomes. Um, I, honestly, I, I, I toyed with the idea of, you know, Dak Prescott taken off, but I think coming back from uh, his injury, he he was typically good for a few hundred yards on the ground and six touchdowns. But now that he's had the ankle tore up, I don't know that it'll be a conscious decision to not run as much, but it it may be conscious on the coach's part. And, And we still only have seen him, what, with three games with Mike McCarthy? So I kind of, that ruled Dak out. Josh Allen was another consideration. You know, he gets a lot of the rushing. But we've seen over the years what happens when the quarterbacks rush a lot. Even the big ones, just like uh, uh, um, Cam Newton. So, you know, Allen broke out last year with a huge, huge uh, accuracy improvement. I feel like there's going to be some regression there. Um, and then Mahomes, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy that has something to prove. Has something to prove. And uh, I don't think they're going to run the ball a ton. I think CEH is going to be their lead back, and he'll get a couple hundred carries. But, you know, they're not going to have a 300 carry back. So, uh, you know that's a passing offense and they're going to keep passing the ball. So I think he's going to, Mahomes is going to push for 50 touchdowns and he's, he's got some decent mobility. He chooses to not run. I think he can run better than he does. So there were a couple considerations, but for the most part, it was a pretty easy decision for me. That's kind of where I'm at too. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't finish his QB one, but he's by far feels like the safest choice there. Yeah, I think for for me it's the exact same. He was he was the safe choice. I think Allen and Dak both have a shot to be up there. Uh, but if if you're going based on you know if if someone was like you need to put down an amount of money that matter to you on who's going to finish number one, 
I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes because, as Dennis mentioned, he brings it with the legs. And even though Allen took that big step forward last year in passing the ball, we saw Dak, again, in, in a limited amount of games, but still was on pace to throw, I believe, for like 5,000 yards and probably close to 50 touchdowns. Mahomes has already done it, and he's just – he's the best quarterback in the league right now, uh, you know, history aside with Tom Brady. What Patrick Mahomes is doing right now in the NFL, he's he's – the best quarterback, so he feels like the safe bet to go here at number one. At number two, this is where we we see our first kind of dissension. Dennis and myself have Josh Allen, so we'll start on that, and then we'll get to who you have at two there, Matt. Uh, for me, I know there's a lot of people who are saying that he's going to regress a little bit, and I do believe that he will. He had a phenomenal season last year, best season we've seen out of him in, I believe, three years now. So <laughs> and he's... Probably going to take a little bit of a step back, but I think the way that they've built that offense, it works toward the deficiencies in his game, and he's continued to take steps forward to prove that he is that quarterback. And the rushing upside with him, they use him a lot in the red zone. I know Zach Moss was hurt last year, and he was kind of their goal linebacker earlier in the year, but I still think they're going to use Allen down the red zone, so he's going to get you those rushing touchdowns as well. So I don't think the regression is going to be as big as some people think it is. I think Allen is one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. So for me, I think he's he's going to be in that – he has to be in that top five. And for me, I just feel safer putting him here at two over my next two guys because my number – Five guy, I'm a little worried about inconsistency. And my number four guy, I think they are going to start running the ball more on that team. So, Dennis, was there any thoughts about that as well for you at two? Was Josh Allen the same as Mahomes, just kind of that guy you slid in it to? Yeah, it was, you know, there was a part of me that really wanted to put Dak there. But, again, I feel like there's going to be a bit of a – and it's going to – he'll have to make up some ground. He's certainly not going to maintain his 7,000 passing yard pace from last year. Uh, And so Allen, you know, he's going to get over 500 yards rushing and seven or eight touchdowns. And so that's still, to me, that's going to make up for those lost points uh, from the passing game regression. So uh, I was pretty comfortable with Allen there. And I'm not incredibly low on Allen. I have him as QB4. I think the uh, Bills, I I think he'll come back a touch. Um, I think the Bills will figure out how to run the ball a little bit better. They've made that a point of, since I think they might play a little bit better defense um, and avoid some of those higher scoring games. But I obviously still love Josh Allen. I have a bunch of leagues. I notably took him as my first pick actually over the guy that I have as QB2 in uh, Scott Fishbowl. But I went with Dak Prescott. Um, You know, I think he was on quite a tear last year. I know the Cowboys have worked on their defense. Um, I still don't think it's incredible. Uh, And he had, you know, I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be better. I think their offensive line uh, has people getting healthier and they still have three incredible wide receivers and a couple of interesting tight end prospects. So I put him at QE2. And that is two me and Dennis have coming in at QB3. Uh, and, and I agree with you. Like I said, I think my biggest thing is I think Zeke's going to end up running the ball a little bit more. I wonder if they try to maybe limit Dak with the with using his legs early in the season just to make sure that ankle is 100% healthy and ready to go. They've got weapons all over the field. I mean, we, we probably will end up talking about on the wide receiver show 
do any of us have all three of them ranked in the top 24 or the top 32? Where does, you know, we get to the tight end show, where does Jarwin or Schultz come in? Because, you know, they, Schultz, I believe, finishes like tight end 11 this year. Jarwin was probably going to be up there had he stayed healthy all season. So Cowboys definitely have a loaded offense. Uh, you know, I thought about possibly putting them over at two for me as well. Uh, but three just kind of seemed like the perfect spot to slot them in. Uh, I expect them to have a really good season this year. It was, it was, you know, uh, not something I love to do is prop up the Cowboys offense, but I just don't see how you can lower Dak any lower than, I mean, De- Dennis, what's the lowest you could see putting him, assuming health, obviously? Like, what, what is the lowest you think you could put him? You, again, have him at three as I do, but where is the lowest you think it, anyone could reasonably put him that you would listen to their argument? Probably six, I guess. I I could see people making arguments for Jackson Murray or Rogers to finish above him, um, but that's I, I I don't see it. I agree with you. Their their defense, while maybe improved, isn't great, uh, and three stud wide receivers decent tight ends, a running back that can catch the ball. Well, you know, they're, they're while Zeke is going to get it, get some yardage and bounce back on the ground. I do think that they're going to be a majority passing offense. So it's going to, to me, it's, it's hard to move him down. He's very efficient in the passing game. Uh, I think it, let's see. Mike Clay has him for 31 touchdowns, and I, I feel like in 17 games, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah, if I were betting it, that I'd go over. I think the only thing that could potentially hurt me where I have him is if coming off that pretty substantial ankle injury, he doesn't uh, rush much because he's also, you know, one of the things in combination with being a great passer is he's, he's run um, every year that he's been there and been been good for a few rushing touchdowns. I don't think it'll he'll get away from that, but if he if he abandons that and becomes more of a statue, that that'll lower some of his ceiling. Yeah, I don't think he'll be a statue, but I like I said, I would not be surprised if at least early in the season they try to limit him using his legs as much as possible just to make sure everything's good and he's fully healthy. I'm sorry if you guys can hear my phone going crazy here. My laptop is like barely working. It's it's I'm trying to use like three different things to get to make sure this show is working. So uh, at four, we again have a bunch of this is kind of so far our biggest split here. So we'll, well go. Who Matt Fox have it three? So for me at three, oh, I had sorry. Kyler Murray. Um, you know, so I, you know, I have Allen down at four. Murray, uh, he. I think we'll continue to run. I actually like the passing weapons they put in around him. He got Hopkins last year. I liked adding AJ Green, a veteran. I think Christian Kirk may have a good year and Rondale Moore. Um, so I put him up at three. I think Arizona may be poised to actually make a playoff run or a run to the playoffs. Um, and I think that'll benefit him. And that is who I have it for. I agree with you. I mean, his biggest thing is just going to be health and and being consistent. Now, I think the back half of that season where he struggled a little bit was probably due to an injury. Uh, it looked like he was kind of dealing with that shoulder injury after um, – I can't remember. It was in the game where DeAndre Hopkins made that really uh, – the Hail Mary catch. So. It was against Buffalo. Yeah, so I, I don't know if, if that's what kind of caused him to struggle a little bit down the stretch. But if he can stay healthy – 
I, I don't see any way he finishes outside of the top five. So he comes in at four for me. Matt, we know who you had it for with Josh Allen. Dennis, you did not have Kyler Murray at four. Who did you put it for? I have uh, Lamar Jackson at four. I think Jackson is. Dennis just so excited every time his turn comes up. Each year. Yeah. He, he's he's dropping the, the rushing game, but he's still probably going to rush for eight or 900 yards this season. That's just part of the benefit of having him at a quarter at your, as your quarterback. Um, but he is improving as a passer and they want to pass more. They're investing in passing weapons to give him the opportunity to improve. I think if he doesn't uh, improve this year, then, then they, they may not, Exercise the fifth-year option, or did they already exercise? Uh, they would four. have already had to. Yeah, so we're in the year four, but they may not. They may not uh, re-sign him as after to the second contract. But we've seen him be very efficient and throw for thirty-plus touchdowns on low volume. I think his volume ticks up a little because they're making a conscious effort to pass the ball more. And he does have weapons. Hollywood Brown is coming on. Uh, I, I've never been a big fan of Hollywood Brown, but he did start to come on at the end of last season, and he has that explosiveness that you like to see with a quarterback that can extend plays. Um, adding Rondale, or not Rondale, more Rashad Bateman to go along with Mark Andrews. Andrews will be as consistent as ever, splitting the seam. Uh, making big plays there. So I, I feel like the bump in the passing game would, uh, is going to offset the decrease in the run game for Jackson. And and I just – I like him over Murray. So Yeah, if I miss my, uh, my QB6, I think even if he doesn't substantially improve as a passer, they would have been crazy not to do a fifth-year option, not to re-sign him. He's been good enough for them to win. And I think, you know, last year – he was QB 10, I think, moving up to somewhere between the the four and eight range would be uh, would be a step up. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs slightly less because I think they have a better rushing tandem with Dobbins and Edwards back there. Yeah, Lamar is my five. You know, I've been saying it multiple times throughout this, uh, this offseason that I'm back in on Lamar. I dropped him to eight last year. Uh, this year, I do think that he – I think they've added – and adding Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace are two wide receivers that I think play well to Lamar's skill set. He, I know there's a lot of narrative that he's not the most accurate quarterback or accurate quarterback, and he's not deep. He he is fairly accurate in the short and intermediate area, but he doesn't, in my opinion, just throw the ball. He doesn't aim small, miss small. He, he aims small, misses wide. So when you get guys like Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace with great body control, big wingspans, they can make those catches. Both those guys, Bateman a little bit better after the catch than Wallace. I think they both could help out Lamar Jackson a ton. That offensive line is going to get a little bit better this year. Matt, you just mentioned I agree with you. Having Dobbins and Edwards back there is going to help with the running game. I still think Lamar runs enough. I think he's going to bounce back this year. So I've got him at five. Uh, Matt, you just mentioned that you got him at six. Yep. So at – let's see here. At five – for you, Matt, you went a little bit different because, uh, Dennis, you went Kyler Murray. Just I'm going to give yeah. a recap really quick of everybody so we're not all mixed up here. 
I had Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Murray, Jackson. Dennis had Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Lamar, Murray. Then Matt Fox had Mahomes, Prescott, Murray, Allen, and who comes in at five for you? Then I went with Justin Herbert. Um, I really loved what he did last year. I know they don't have the maybe the greatest complement of receivers uh, for the Chargers, but he managed to do a lot with uh, less last year. They got uh, Jared Cook, who is a decent red zone weapon. I still like Donald Parham there. Um, I think Austin Eckler being back and healthy is going to uh, be great for him too. I just liked what Herbert was doing, and I had him up there. I mean, I like it. He's, I'm a little bit lower than I got. The, I got my Herbert shirt on today. Big, big fan. I haven't worn this enough. I bought it like last year, and then I've worn it. I think on like one show. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love what Herbert's doing. Uh, that's the only separate player, I guess, in our top five. We we had four of the same five in our top five. You have Herbert, as you mentioned. You have Lamar Jackson there at six. So coming in at six, Dennis, me and you both have the same player. He's a guy that all three of us were lower on last year. There was an interesting report that came out about him earlier. I don't know if you guys saw from Mike Florio, who said that he does expect Aaron Rodgers to report to the Packers and then be traded before the season starts. So before... I guess that really has got to play in somewhat. Now, Dennis, I went in assuming that he was going to be with the Packers all season. I imagine you probably went in thinking the same thing. We don't have any idea where he's going to be traded. The best guess would probably be Denver. They seem to be the one thing that everybody keeps talking about. Whether he stays with Green Bay and Mike Florio may be wrong. Usually he's right about these things. Or he goes to Denver. What do you expect from Rodgers moving forward? If he gets traded, does that change anything for you on Rodgers' side of it? You know, I think Denver is planning to play a little bit more conservatively. And even with Rodgers, I think Vic Fangio is who Vic Fangio is. Um, I don't think he's getting traded. I think Mike Florio is trying to sell advertising uh, on his his website. I think Rodgers reports Rodgers is going to play for the Packers. Uh, I think we're past the point of I, – I think he's proved his point. He's told Gutekist or whatever, Gutenkist, Nikist, whatever. Uh, I think he's 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 show, he's showed his ass and told everybody I don't like the way this guy's running the team. And and but he also knows they're not gonna they're not gonna fire him now. They may next off season, but they're not gonna do it now. Uh, if the team completely falls apart, maybe they do it in season. But for the most part, uh, I've, I'm holding firm to my belief that Rodgers is going to uh, play for the Packers and he's going to play for them this year. So if he goes somewhere else, you know, I'll have to take that into account. But he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the game. So he – He's going to get things done regardless of where he goes, unless, you know, they send him to a complete shit show. Um, but it's, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm sticking my head in the sand, but I expect Rodgers is going to play for the Packers. 
I mean, I I would agree with you. I, I would assume at this point why, you know, Matt, we've talked a little bit about it here yeah. and there in the episodes that we've done and, and some of the trade rumors that have come out. I mean, I guess if you're going to get one of the offers that you talked about uh, to me from Denver where it was like their be- all, like half of their best players and first-round pick, if I'm Green Bay, I am doing that because you're going to get a great haul for him. But I don't think that happens. Uh, and, and I'm with you, Dennis. I'm just going to assume that he's playing with the Packers until that changes. And even if it is to a Denver I can't really think of a shit situation he goes to that I would lower him so far. I mean, we we doubted him last year coming off of probably one of the worst years he's had in his career, and he came back and showed us all he's still the guy. And I believe regardless of where he goes, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, a horrible team. I mean, if he, he's not going to the Bengals. Um, not if going to that, Houston. If he goes to Houston, I still think Houston's going to win games and he's going to be fantasy if he relevant. goes to Houston, I want all the Brandon Cooks I can get. Exactly. Like, I, I don't think he's not going to have a running game. Well, guess what? He went years where Eddie Lacy was too busy eating pizzas in the locker room and not actually practicing. And didn't have a running game then. Like, I don't think regardless of where Aaron Rodgers goes is going to affect him. I think if he goes to Denver, that would not – it would not change anything for me from Green Bay to Denver because they've got all those weapons – improving offensive line. I think they've got two decent running backs, a good tight end. So overall, I think Denver would be the perfect spot. He's sit right in that same spot. Now, if you went to Houston, I'd probably drop him a couple spots, but he's not dropping out of my top 12. He's, as I've said many times, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback I've ever watched play since I've been alive. So I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. I've got him up here at six. Matt has him a little bit lower than us. So we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. to, to Matt's thoughts on Rodgers when we get to him in the rankings. So next up at seven, I'm going to go with Herbert. Since Matt already had a chance to talk with him, talk about him. He's got him up there. I wanted Herbert higher. I really did. I thought I was going to have him in my top five, uh, but I do think he takes a little bit of a step back. You know, I've talked a lot about how he is very much like Dak Prescott and, and he's not really much of an anticipatory thrower. He's more of a, like, see it, throw it guy. And he got away with some of those throws last year. I don't know if that happens this year, but they did. They improved the offensive line. Running backs, you've got Eckler. He's going to be just as good if he stays healthy as he has been in the past years. And then you've got great wide receivers all around him. So I still think he's going to have a really good year. Maybe the interceptions come up a little bit. I think, Matt, you and me talked about this when we, we previewed the San Diego – or San Diego, the Los Angeles Los Angeles Chargers. And, uh, I think that his interceptions could go up a little bit. He had a really good touchdown to interception ratio this past year. And so if you get dinged for interceptions, that could hurt you a little bit. But overall, I think he's just super talented. Defenses are going to key in on him a little bit, but he'll get it done. So I have him coming in at seven, as does Dennis. So Dennis, what's your thoughts? Literally just updated my rankings while you were talking. Uh, You were very persuasive. (laughs) You know, as I, I, I think it comes down. For me, it comes down to volume when I'm looking at Tannehill and Herbert. And I just and I've I've been I I really want to think that Tannehill is gonna throw more, but I just don't think even with Julio Jones, I still think he stays relatively flat with his production. So he's gonna have a great year. He's gonna be a super effective quarterback and a, a quarterback one. You know, I have him at eight now. But I just feel like Herbert, um, you know, the one where Herbert's going to make it up is all those passes to Austin Eckler count as passes, whereas all those handoffs to Derrick Henry don't. 
And I think that's just a, a big difference. I think if, if it's even across the board in wide receivers and tight end production, uh, I think that the passes to the running back are going to tip the scale for Eckler. Now, I could very well see it being a situation where uh, Herbert ends up with you know 280 fantasy points and Tannehill ends up with 273 fantasy points. It's not like I expect there to be a 50-point gap between them now. But uh, in retrospect, I, I do think that the the passing game uh, is going to be have more volume in the Chargers offense than the Titans offense, and it warrants moving Herbert up, even if it's just one spot. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think they're both going to be very close. Uh, I, think, I do think Tannehill will throw a little bit more we all have Herbert over Tannehill, but Matt, you have Tannehill the highest. You have him coming in here at seven, where me and Matt have Herbert. So what, I mean, you don't have him much higher than Dennis. You have him a couple spots higher than me. So what was your, kind of your thoughts on moving Tannehill up here? Was it Julio, possible offensive coordinator change? What were your thoughts on, on uh, Tannehill? Well, I mean, Tannehill was right in this range. I'm going to look it up. He, in two, uh, two years or a year and a half as a um, – starter for Tennessee he's run for 500 yards and 11 touchdowns so he he gives you the rushing he was QB7 last year um, and I think he's still gonna give you some of that rushing element more so for me than I have Rodgers at eight um, so that was kind of a, a differentiator there for me at I, Tannehill threw for 33 touchdowns and and almost 3,900 yards last year. I think he could do about the same thing. Maybe be right in that you know 30 to 35 passing touchdowns and gives you a few rushing touchdowns. So I I put him right in that range. That was kind of the dif differentiator. I I also projected Rodgers. I have him at eight. Um, I projected him there starting for the Packers all season. I think he's going to have a good season. I he may not. Uh, I didn't think he was going to end up in that 48 touchdown um, window that, you know, for the MVP season. So I pulled him back a little bit off of, I think he was QB three last year. Um, so I pulled, pulled him back uh, for me for that reason. I will say if he gets traded to Denver, I would drop him to a fringe QB one. Interesting. So you're, and that, is that just because of, uh, have uh, you seen Pat Shermer? Yeah. I was going to say, is it because of Shermer's offensive play? Uh, both. Uh, they are well, but we know conservative. But we also know that Rogers doesn't. He calls well, he whatever like, he, he may wants. not listen to. Him, the the, so. the first time Jerry Judy drops the ball, Rogers will murder him. Uh, so you know he may so end up standing trial. I think they're going to to run and they want to run and play defense. I I think he'd still be fine. I just don't think he's going to get the opportunities that. That he got, and frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers try to do a little more power running, mixing AJ Dillon in there with Aaron Jones. So what I took away from that statement was that if if Rodgers does go to the Packers, pick up Tim Patrick because when Jerry Judy goes missing, in the Broncos. Day, yeah, Broncos. Sorry, Tim Patrick so, might yeah. be the guy to play. To 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 reinforce my argument for Herbert. So Herbert rushed for 234 yards and five touchdowns in 15 games last year, where Tannehill rushed, rushed for 266 with seven touchdowns in 16 games. So the disparity in rushing offense between the two quarterbacks 
wasn't that great. That wasn't the highlight. For me, the rushing disparity was between Tannehill and Rodgers. I have Herbert higher than you do. Yeah, we all have Herbert over. We all have uh, Herbert over Tannehill. Yeah, I think was it me? The only difference is me and you. So where we switch is we have Rogers up over Herbert, and Matt doesn't. Matt has Herbert, then Tannehill, then Rogers. Where we or you go, Herbert, Rogers, Tannehill. I have Tannehill a little bit lower just because I do think the actual rushing side will come down a little bit. But I'll save that for a minute. I've got here at eight Matt Stafford, as Dennis has Ryan Tannehill. And Matt just talked about having uh, Aaron Rodgers there. So Stafford, I just think he's going to, I mean, McVay has done nothing but speak very glowingly about Stafford. He's got a great team around him. We saw what he was able to do in Detroit all those years, sometimes with just having Calvin Johnson there. Then getting Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, I think Galladay's probably better. Not probably. Galladay, in my opinion, is better than Woods and Cup. But I think the tandem of those two together, add into Van Jefferson, who I think could step up this year. He's got a good tight end in Higby, where he knows Stafford's not afraid to target the tight end. Overall, has a very good team. I think this is going to be a very pass-heavy offense. Matt, as you know, we had a big argument about Cam Akers in our our Slack channel the other day, and uh, the big thing that we were why we were kind of like not against Cam Akers, but not as high as some of the other people in our group on Cam Akers. We think that they're going to throw the ball more. Uh, you know, over the past five years, I was looking at it. They seem to go back and forth about being a very high passing team, running team. They're still going to be a very high offense team. Even though that defense is as good as it is, they still run a ton of plays. I think Stafford is going to smash this year in L.A. So he comes in as my QB8. Again, for Dennis, he had Ryan Tannehill, and Matt had Aaron Rodgers. Here at nine for us, both you, Matt, and Dennis are aligned here Dennis, you have got Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who did finish in the top 10 last year. I don't think any of us had him in the top 10. I'm almost positive you two had him in the top 12. I know I did not. Yeah. So, again, must be a big fan of the show. Like Derek Henry probably used this as motivation. Dennis, you believe that they're going to be able to run it back or this offense is going to be that good that you've got Tom Brady up here at 9? Well, they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball. You've got Evans, Godwin, Brown, Gronk, Brait, Howard, Johnson, Bernard, and then you compare that to uh, the running game of Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, I got to be honest. I'm not going to be terribly surprised if Fournette gets cut. I don't think Jones is going to get cut. I think Jones is established as an explosive two down back. And I think that's what they like him for, but it's a passing offense. Brady is going to throw the ball. He looks good doing it. They're going to, in the red zone, he's going for those six, five, six, 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 seven receivers that he has. Is he going to throw 55 touchdowns? I don't know. I, I certainly see him in the 40 plus range. Um, it's well within reach. I'm trying to see what Mike, Mike Clay has him at 35 touchdowns, the QB seven. Um, I, I feel like that's yeah that that they're gonna throw the ball. I like Brady a lot um, for for what he does. I think if if he had any mobility, I mean now Brady could rush for three touchdowns on six yards this year, but that's kind of what what you're gonna get from him on the ground. So you have to hope he's going to throw the ball for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. So 
But that's what he is. He throws the ball. He runs that offense in tandem with his coaches and just puts up numbers. He's got probably, if not the best, one of the best receiving cores in the group from top to – I mean, their wide receiver group – oh, I forgot Scotty Miller. They go five deep on their wide receiver group. It's, It's like a college team. Yeah. I mean, he was QB8 last year. I don't see him taking a significant step backward. That was part of the reason they put the whole band back together. The one great unknown for Brady and anyone that gets in that is, you know, we've seen when the end comes, it comes quickly. He showed no signs of it last year. I wouldn't bank on it this year, but, you know, he's 43. Man, I... Yeah, I hate saying this because I, I, you know, I hate speaking positive facts about Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. It just irks me to my core. Uh, but I, I, I don't think we're gonna see Tom. Like, I think when Tom Brady is getting ready to take that step back is when he just retires, which is probably gonna be in like ten years. So I did drop him a little bit, but it's more of not that I think he is going to underproduce. I agree. I think thirty-five touchdowns, as you just mentioned a minute ago, Dennis sounds like perfect. Probably going to throw like maybe 10 interceptions. He's going to have a good year. I wouldn't be surprised if he has three rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think for me, it's more of the other players I think are going to raise their levels a little bit more, which is just going to drop him a little. I still in my top 12, uh, but I don't have him up here at eight. I have Russell Wilson here. I'm sorry, at nine. I have Russell Wilson at nine. Dennis, you have him at 10, so we'll kind of have our discussion here about Russell Wilson because Matt clearly hates him. Just kidding, Matt. You have him at 11, so we're kind of like right in order there. Um, For me, Russell Wilson, I mean, you're going to get, it seems like every year, one good half out of him, and it's going to be phenomenal. He's going to be up there every single week for like six, seven weeks as like one of the top three or four quarterbacks, and then Pete Carroll's going to be like, well, well, we're, we're too good. Let's start running the ball. Let's start taking the ball out of Russ's hand, and then that's when Russ is going to suck. But he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, regardless if they had the three of us blocking for him against Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, and I don't even know who else. We would get destroyed, and Russell Wilson would still find time to buy time and make a play down the field. So for me, I just I can't move him out of this top area. He always finishes right around here as long as he stays healthy. They've got DK. They've got Lockett, who's still every single year – we they, like lock it's the robert woods of this team we we doubt him every single year dude finishes in the top 12 dk has just been a, a monster i think russell wilson is going to absolutely had a really good season again this year so i moved him up here at nine again the the rushing upside of what he does moved him up there a little bit for me dennis you have him though in your top 10 as well anything to add on him or matt and then matt you can go as well since you have him at 11 yeah I, no i don't have anything to add for russell i just i i think that He's very consistent. He is running less as he gets older. He's, what, 32 now, 31, 32. So while he's an efficient runner, he is running less. You know, last year, Tom Brady, 30 rushes, six yards, three touchdowns. Anyways, on to Matt for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I think he's still going to be good. I can't imagine him falling out of QB1 range. I just – I – you know, I had Brady at nine. I actually have Stafford, who you had at um, eight. I have him at 10. Um, and then I have Wilson at 11. I think actually of the three of us, there's only one player that's really different in the top 12. We have different orders, but Dennis has somebody that neither of us have. But Russell Wilson, uh, you know, I think he, I think he's going to be good. I do think they'll run the ball better. Um, Carson – seems like he's there and ready to go. I still think Metcalf and Lockett are going to be great. 
Um, there's just guys I like a little bit more. And I actually am not sold that Seattle is quite as good. Um, I think LA is probably a little bit better and Arizona, I think is poised to take a step up to me, Seattle and San Francisco are a little bit of the unknowns there and that could have an impact on what they do. Yeah. There's only one player in our top 12 that is, I I can't say like standout, but, but Dennis does have one player. He's not that much farther down for me. I believe he's pretty far down for you, Matt. Like we won't, we won't even talk about him today for you. So, but he, he's still in my top 16. Uh, so for me at 10, I have Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we're we're uh, Dennis had Russell Wilson, Matt. You just had Matt Stafford, as you talked about. My big fear with Tannehill is the rushing. I do think that might go away a little bit because I think they brought in Julio for a reason. I think they brought him in because they wanted to pass the ball a little bit more. And if they get down in the red zone, maybe we'll see Julio be something he was never able to be in Atlanta. Or I don't want to say not able to be, but Atlanta never seemed to want to use him as that red zone target. Maybe Tannehill uses him as that, which then will limit some of his rushing touchdowns. I still think he gets some rushing yards. But I think that might regress a little bit, bringing in a Julio. So that's why I dropped him down here. Still 10. You know, I talked about it on uh, the episode where we talked about Julio getting traded to him. If you went points per drop back, he's only behind Lamar. So he's been extremely consistent and extremely good, as Matt mentioned, been finishing right around QB7 the past couple of years. Uh, and, again, I think it's more of – I could see the argument of moving him ahead of Russ, uh, which both of you have him ahead of Russ in your rankings. I don't. Uh, Stafford, I just believe in that offense a little bit more. And Herbert, that gets him right in line with you guys. Uh, and I just, I, I believe in Russell Wilson. Maybe I'm wrong here. I feel like he's been a tad bit more consistent. You know, and I just like his upside more because while I agree with you, Matt, that Seattle may be a bad team, Russ is going to do everything he can to keep the Seahawks in every single game, which just means more and more fantasy points for him. So I, I'm, I'm all in on Russ being a little bit better than Tannehill this year, but he comes in to my top 10. That puts us at 11, where I had Tom Brady coming in. Uh, And for me, again, I just think it's these other guys. They all have the rushing upside, and I think they'll have a little bit more fantasy production. I don't think Brady's going to finish much behind Tannehill, Wilson, or possibly even Stafford. I think the break in my rankings is at Herbert. That's kind of where I cut that top tier. I think you can see a little bit of a drop after those next guys. But Brady coming in at 11, I'm with you guys. I'm done doubting him. He's going to have a really good year this season. Dennis, only you had, 20, 20 years. Yeah, only yeah, exactly. You know, I'm very stubborn. I don't like to. I don't like to make changes. Um, Matt, you have Russell Wilson coming in at eleven. If you had anything else you want to add on him, and then we'll get to who Dennis has at eleven. No, I'm just ready to hear it, Dennis. All right, Dennis, let's hit it. Who you got at eleven and why? So I have Jalen Hurts at eleven, and I got to tell you, it does not feel good. It I'm not a Jalen. It should Hurts. not feel good. I'm not a Jalen Hurts fan. He does not throw well with anticipation. Uh, I, but as I, you know, when I try to figure out where what's he going to bring to the table this year, so it's it, they have three first round picks next year, so it's put up or shut up time for him. In year two, it's already put up or shut up time for Jalen Hurts. Um, the offensive line last year was a mess. It fell apart and broke down. They're trying to piece it back together and get guys healthy. Um, Miles Sanders has only been a marginal back. They drafted Kenneth Gainwell. They got Boston Scott. You know, they still have Ertz and Goddard, but they've got a new coaching staff. And Hurts 
because he's not an anticipation thrower, I think he could be, you know, the rookie Lamar Jackson type of runner. He doesn't have the four, three, five, four, four speed that Lamar does. He's a four, five, five, four, six guy. Um, but that's still, but he, what he has that Lamar, Lamar is more elusive, but Hertz is more powerful. Uh, and, and I think he's going to run. And, and if the line starts to break down, I feel like Sirianni is going to do some things with Smith and with Rager and Goddard to give him shorter, quicker options that that's going to help the passing game for him. And then you've got Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager that can both beat guys deep if, if he starts getting time. Um, whether he can be accurate enough with it is going to be an adventure. Um, but he's probably he's probably going to rush for 800 yards. And we've seen what some of these rushing quarterbacks do to running back productivity because they're always stealing touchdowns. So if he rushes for 800 yards and eight or nine touchdowns, throws for 3,200 with 15 or 18 touchdowns, he could find himself in the in the top 11 fairly easily. So I, you know, like I said, I don't feel good about it because I've not been sold on him. But he's going to have to go in and produce. And he comes from, you know, at Alabama and Oklahoma. He's played at very high-level programs, so I don't think the pressure is going to be something. The mental pressure is going to be something that gets to him. Uh, I, I could see the defensive pressure getting to him just because defenses in the NFL are a lot better than the SEC. But uh, it's, it's going to be... I'm either going to be really, really right or really, really wrong on this one. So, I mean, I'm not that far off from you on Hurts, and I agree with you. I think he's going to bring that rushing upside to the team. I like the addition of Devonta Smith. I think Jalen Rager could have a really good year this year. And I'm in with Dallas Goddard being able to help him as well. So I, I don't think Hurts is going to have a bad year. For me, I just went with guys I felt were going to be a little bit more consistent and getting them in my top 12. But I will say, and you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit this about the, about this later, but Jalen Hurts might be my guy that I think could jump up into the top 12 that's just outside of it because he has got the rushing upside. And while you're right, he's not like that anticipatory thrower. He's still got a pretty good arm. He can get the ball to the players. And when you have a guy like DePonta Smith who – Yes, I get he's probably like 110 pounds dripping wet, but have you seen how long those dudes' arms are? Have you seen how good of a wide receiver he is? If Hurts gets it in the area of him, Smith is going to get it. So I'm really excited to see what Hurts can do because I do agree with you. Three first-round picks next year, it's all on him this year, and I agree as well. You talking about he's got it up here. He really does have that mentality for what he dealt with you know, at Alabama getting benched at halftime in a national championship game, comes out there and was all for helping a freshman Tua win that game, helping him up, talking him up. Even some of the fiercest competitors in the world can't handle doing that because of their ego gets in the way. And that dude put himself aside for the team and then stayed the whole next year with Alabama and played it out and then transfers to Oklahoma to prove, hey, I've still got it. So I'm all for Jalen Hurts. He seems like a really good kid. I hope that he's able to prove everybody wrong. I've got him. I'll just say I've got him at 14 because I probably won't add anything else more to him once we get to him. But I, I'm with you. I, I don't think top 12 is crazy. Now, if you had him up at five, I might have been like, 10. 
Ooh, I think that Hawaii vacations get to you a little bit, but no, that at eleven, I don't. I honestly don't think that that's crazy. Uh, so at twelve, uh, you had Matt Stafford, Dennis. So I'll let you go first because Matt and myself had him a little bit higher. So anything you want to add on Stafford? You know, if there's anybody that should probably be higher in my rankings, it's Stafford. But as a lifelong Lions fan and watching him play, it's it feels feels like a little bit like Ebron to me. You know, he's always good enough to, to get you on the brink. I know that he's going into the vaunted McVay offense with probably a better wide receiver core than he's ever played with. Uh, well, none individually are better than uh, uh, Calvin Johnson. Um, I, I think Stafford's going to, you know, at, at QB 12, he's going to have a good season. Uh but he's, he's been banged up. He struggled with injuries over the last few years. He's having some issues with his back. Uh, and they're hap- that's happening more and more frequently. So I do expect him to probably miss a couple of games. Uh, and, and he'll play hero ball sometimes and, and turn the ball over a little bit. I like Stafford. like him a lot. Probably one of, He's probably the best Lions quarterback of my lifetime. But, you know, that's not saying a whole lot. Lions and Browns, you know. Yeah. Long-suffering. Speaking of the Browns, this one hurt, Matt. It was very hard to not put someone at 12 and go with this player over him. But, I, I, you know, I pulled my heart out. I went objectively. And we both have Joe Burrow at 12. You know, we yeah. talked a little bit about it on the episode Thursday where we previewed the Bengals and the Browns. I'll just go ahead and give – I have – Burrow at 12 and then Baker at 13 as to you. So we're right in lockstep. We talked about this actually on the episode Thursday about having those two in the same spot. And for me, I think it's just because, well, I I will say, I think Baker is going to be more consistent than Burrow will be this year. And I am, would not be surprised if Baker finishes 11 to 10 range, because I do think this offense with Stefanski is going to take another step forward this year. I do think Odell is going to be really good for him this year. The Bengals' defense is just going to be so bad that I think Burrow is just going to have these massive games like he had last year we talked about where he has those four or five passing touchdown games. You add in a guy like uh, like Jamar Chase into that offense already with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who is very good, that seems to be forgotten about all the time. Burrow's going to have weapons all over the field. He's going to be able to toss it everywhere. So I think, you know, we talked a little bit about too. He's already saying he's at 80 80%. We're about to, we're two weeks away from camp. So I think he's going to be fine, good to go. Burrow, just slightly ahead of Baker for me. That's my 12 13. Go ahead and give us your thoughts on uh, your two guys there, 12 and 13, Matt. Yeah, and we did talk about it on, on Thursday, uh, feeling about the same way. You know, I think Baker has all the the potential to be right there on the fringe. And and for Joe Burrow, I think the only questions, you know, he was tracking, he probably would have finished top 12 had he been able to finish the season out last year. I think the only questions are, is the line good enough? And will he be totally healthy to start the season because, you know, if he gets held back or gets off to a slow start because he's not quite 100% back, 
the difference between finishing, you know, 12 and 15 was not a huge number of points last year. Probably won't be a huge number again. That's kind of the difference between making it just up into QB1 and finishing uh, just at the top of QB2. And I think that probably speaks to how Dennis feels because it looked like you have Burrow at 13. I do. I do. And if there's any one quarterback in this range, I think, that could finish top five, it's Burrow. I feel like Burrow, he, he could easily surpass 600 attempts. And if that team with those receivers, if they if they have any efficiency at all, they could rack up some touchdowns and some yards. He's got three really good receivers. Um, Mixon is a capable receiving back. And, you know, the tight ends are surprisingly effective. Uh, Sample and Uzoma. Uh, they're not they're not guys you probably are going to be slotting into your lineup unless it's a desperation play. But those three wide receivers in Burrow, um, they could very well click and, and put some points on the board to try to keep up with what that defense has given up. Yeah, and I will say really quick before we move on uh, to next year, the other reason why I put Burrow over Baker. Again, we talked a little bit about this on Thursday. If you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it if you're if you're interested about the Bengals, Browns, and then Black Widow and Loki because we did all of that. It was a, one of the longer episodes we've done this year <laughs> with how long we went on some of that stuff. But uh, Baker, I, I'm also worried about it. We talked about it at the end of last season. While Baker was phenomenal, he did finish as a top 12 quarterback if we go to the back half of the season. The fact that he doesn't have a lot of those four or five touchdown games, most of the time he's throwing two, at most three, that worries me a little bit because I wouldn't be surprised if Burrow's throwing like two to three a game, where sometimes Baker, because of the running backs that he has, doesn't have to throw a lot of touchdowns. And I do expect that defense to be a lot better this year in Cleveland as well, which could also kind of lead to them running the clock out a little bit. So at 14, as I mentioned earlier, I have Jalen Hurts. Not really much else to add to Dennis. I already kind of added onto that. I do think he's going in. I'll say out of the group here of these guys, my next couple, I think he's the one that I can – I don't know if he jumps top five, but Hurts is the one I believe in. And it sucks saying that even over Baker. I think because of his rushing upside and just how bad I think Philly could be and how much he's going to have – how good he's going to have to play to keep the Eagles in games – could easily jump up into that top 12. So he's my guy in this range, as Dennis was just talking about, Burrow is for him. But, Dennis, you have Matt Ryan coming in here at 14. Give us your thoughts on him and the Falcons' offense. It's purely a volume play. I mean, I I get that Mike Davis is your starting running back. I mean, are we expecting, are, are we expecting Davis to get 275 carries? I don't know if that team is going to get 275 carries. It, it's going to be a passing. Their, their defense isn't terrific. And so they're going to have to do uh, as much as, you know, people want to say, oh, Arthur Smith is going to pound the rock. I mean, Mike Davis is no Derrick Henry. So he's going to do, he's going to have to structure that offense around the tools he has, which is Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage, uh, Hayden Hurst, I think last year I was way out on Hayden Hurst going to uh, Atlanta. This year, I think Hurst is a sneaky play at tight end uh, because I feel like Pitts is going to be flexed out a lot more uh, and Hurst, or Hurst is going to play a lot of traditional tight end, including 
traditional receiving tight end. So at, it, Ryan is up there because he's going to throw the ball. Uh, he's going to probably lead the league in pass attempts again. Uh, and he's a good passer. He's accurate. Uh, he, he gets the job done. So that's why I have Ryan up there at 14. Yeah, my my 14, I went with Trevor Lawrence. Um, he was the number one pick. He figures to start all season in Jacksonville. Uh, we see a lot of times at least one of the rookie quarterbacks who plays all, all year gets into QB1 range or close. I don't have him in QB1 range. It looks like I'm surprised on the highest. Um, it's not that I love him. I just think... I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities, and I think he will he will be a rusher as well. So, I had him up there. Yeah, I, I think you have him at fifteen. So I, I do. I think Lawrence is the uh, runner that I think uh, a lot of people want Daniel Jones to be. So he's gonna he, he's not threatened. There, that nobody Gardner Minshew, Jake Luton, they're not going to take Lawrence's spot. Lawrence is there for good or bad. He's playing the quarterback position in Jacksonville. Uh, he's got a decent core of receivers, uh, no tight end, but a decent core of receivers. Uh, uh, Robinson and ETN, who both can catch the ball out of the backfield. So uh, I, I agree. I think Lawrence is is gonna. He could. It wouldn't surprise if he finished his QB eleven. What I would not be the least bit surprised uh, if he finished in top eight then I would be more surprised. Um, I, I just think there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be inefficiency. Um, figuring out uh, NFL defenses is going to lead to some issues. But I, I like Lawrence a lot. I, I've got a, a number of shares of Trevor Lawrence, um, some whether I wanted to draft him or not. Yeah, and so I do not have Trevor Lawrence in my top 16. He is not even my top uh, rookie quarterback, uh, but I don't have any rookies in my top 16 uh, and not due to me thinking Trevor Lawrence is a bad quarterback. I've said before, I think he's going to be really good. My biggest things uh, I know, PJ, I know I don't, I don't even have Justin Fields in my top 16. He is my top rookie quarterback though. We'll talk about him uh, on the next episode. Uh, my biggest fear with Lawrence, and it's not even a him thing. It's just urban Meyer. I need to see what this offense is going to be mm -hmm. because I watched it many years at Florida with team to with Tim Tebow. And then again, he brought a championship to the Ohio state university, which I was very happy about. Didn't love the offense. Thought they could have gone a lot of better different directions with those quarterbacks. So I want to see what this offense is going to look like. You know, they're bringing, I believe Daryl Bevel is the quarterback or not the quarterback, the offensive coordinator doesn't make me feel much better for, for Lawrence's upside either. So he's definitely got the talent. Wouldn't be surprised if he finishes higher than where I have him ranked, uh, but I think his ceiling is not quite there at the moment. I, I want to see what he looks like in this offense with these weapons because, I mean, they've got good players. You know, uh, Colin Johnson, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Matt, uh, Dennis. You just mentioned the running backs both catch out of the ball, catch balls out, but don't have a tight end because I'm sorry, Tim Tebow ain't it. Um, is Urban the next out of Gase? I, mean, I don't want to go that far, PJ. Uh, I love Urban again, brought a championship to the Buckeyes, but uh, I mean, do I think he's the next McVay? No, I do not. But again, I can't even put that all on him because he's not supposedly quote unquote calling the offense, he's gonna let Daryl Bevel do that now. We've never really seen him do that in his entire college career. It wasn't until his last year 
at Ohio State that he let uh, Ryan Day really run the offense. But we saw a massive difference in what that offense was when Ryan Day was running it. So I just I need to see it. And so I'm a little bit more conservative when it comes to stuff like that. And so that's why I've got Lawrence a little bit lower. He's not in my six, top 16. For me at 15, I have Kirk Cousins. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I feel like we're low on him. I really do. Matt, you have him here at 15 as well. He yep. always finishes right around that 11 range or into the top 12, and yet we ranked him out of there again. Uh, I, I do expect Minnesota to probably not be as efficient offensively as they were last year. You saw how good Adam Thielen was. I think he may take a little bit of a step back. Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to be a stud. Likely they keep Dalvin Cook rolling like he was last year. And the other thing is I think Minnesota could be in the playoff hunt this year. So Kirk Cousins, I could see really jumping up here. But for me, again, I rank a little bit more conservatively, uh, and I went with guys I think have higher upsides. Kirk, I would say, is a lot like Baker, and I think his floor is very safe, going to be very consistent every single week, giving you about the same amount of points. But with guys that have a little bit more upside ranked ahead of him, Matt, you have him at 15. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he was 11 last year. Um, in his three years in Minnesota, he's been 13, 18, 11. Um, so I think having him in the the upper half of the draw in, in QB2 makes sense. Again, there's not usually a giant point spread between QB11 and QB you know, 15, 16. So I could see him going back up there. Uh, but last last year was actually the only time in Minnesota that he's cracked uh, the top 12. He's been uh, a top half of QB2 draw consistently since he's been there. So was, was it Washington he was that? I don't remember. Him Washington, he, his last year in Washington, I he see, was QB6. I remember um, that's because he also had all those rushing touchdowns, though, because yes. oh, he won the championship, and I love that. And that's what I Yeah, in Minnesota, it's been a little uh, – it's been a little – different and you know it's fair to wonder if he got a little bit of a boost last year because their defense um was pretty horrific but he was consistently kind of top top six when he was his couple of years there that he played on the tag he was five in 2016 six in 2017 but since coming to minnesota did a little bit of a different kind of a scheme he's come back a little bit he could he could outplay 15, but I felt like that was a pretty fair. Last year, I was, I sandbagged him a little bit, probably because in 19, he didn't look great, you know, and he finished at QB 18. And I also really don't like Kirk Cousins. So this year, I fought against my better nature and popped him up there. I hear you. I did the same thing with Dak. I was like, I can't rank Dak at eight again this year. He's just got to go up. He's just got to. So. Uh, at 16, and this will be the last quarterback we talked about for our rankings today, we all have a different player. Uh, so we're just going to go on the backside through. So, Matt, we'll let you give your 16 first, and then Dennis, and I'll finish it off. I went with uh, Derek Carr. I feel like he's uh, been kind of underrated this offseason, getting no love. We talked about it a lot in Scott Fishbowl that he was kind of a darling in that scoring system. He was actually QB 13. Um, last year, and I know the big argument is he has uh, not great wide receivers. He also did not have great wide receivers last year, and he managed to make it work. He has Waller the baller. As long as he stays healthy, he's out there. So I thought top half uh, of a QB2 draw felt like the right spot for Derek Carr. He seems to be uh, criminally underrated, and maybe I'm also just trying to make myself feel better because, as I mentioned, I've acquired so many shares this offseason. I'm wondering if I'll be allowed into Mile High Stadium ever again 
Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't hate Carr, and I won't be surprised one bit if he finishes top 16. Um, but, man, did you see what Marcus Mariota did when he was in that offense? Yeah. I, I mean, would have made my rankings. I'll just say that. <laughs> It's yeah. so I mean I have been I, taking Mariota like where I have car just in case the leash is the leash is shortening up on, on Derek Carr. I, I I don't you know I, I don't expect Gruden to just all of a sudden say, okay, it's gonna be a battle in the in the preseason for the starter. But I do think that if Carr falters, I don't think Gruden is gonna be hesitant to put Mariota in. Um and and Car has melted down a time or two. So Gruden doesn't make great adjustments, no. especially this uh, this ten year contract with the Raiders, John Gruden. Yeah. And I saw PJ. I saw your comment that they have no line. I hate to break your bubble, but they uh, they had no line last year. Um, so my number sixteen is, and, and you know I have to do. I'm going to have to do a little deep dive and figure out if this is directly related to my rosters or not. I feel um, like the 16 for all three of us is directly related to our rosters. So I, I have Tua Tungavailoa as 16. Uh, you know, he has shown me a ton of mental toughness dealing with the Ryan Fitzpatrick in and out of the lineup stuff last year. Um, you know, he came in as a, a – freshman in a championship game uh, and took over for a, a lauded upperclassman that actually went on to win the Heisman at another school. So I, I don't think the game is too big for Tua. I do think it's been a little longer road back from that hip than uh, I, I think he's admitted and his coaches and trainers have, have admitted do I expect him to go rush for 500 yards? No, that's not his game. Uh, do I expect him to complete a whole bunch of 70-yard bombs? No, because that's not his game. But I expect Tua to be efficient with the ball. They don't have a great running game. I mean, I don't think Gaskin and uh, Malcolm Brown and uh, Salvan Ahmed and uh, Jared Dokes uh, strike fear in a lot of people, but they've got Gesicki, they've got Parker, they've got Waddle, they've got uh, uh, who's that other cat I love, Preston Williams. Um, they, they've got a, a, a strong set of capable receivers uh, and a pretty good defense. So I don't think they're going to be in situations where they're having to come from three scores down a lot. Um, and I don't think they're going to be in situations where they're going to be up by three or four scores either. So they're going to have to play smart. And Tua, to me, is he's going to be a middle-of-the-road quarterback at, at QB 16. That's kind of exactly where I have it. He's going to be pretty good in the passing game. He's going to probably rush for a couple hundred yards and probably three touchdowns if, if I were going to roll the dice on a on a bet there. Um but I expect him, you know, 3,500 yards passing, 20 touchdowns is, is well uh, within his reach there. Uh, so my 16 is Daniel Jones. I uh, talked a little bit about it. I know, Dennis, you've got him on a few of your rosters as well. I just think he is a guy who 
can take that step forward this year. I believe in the offense they're building around him. I think that offensive line can take a step forward this year, giving guys like, um, oh, God, what was his name? Dang it, Thomas, to take a little bit of a step forward after having a pretty bad rookie season last year, being drafted in the top, I think, three, right? Is that when he went top three last year? Or is it five? Yeah. I can't remember now. He, he, was, like, he was like one of the first tackles taken. He was the first tackle taking. Yeah. I saw one of the Browns to take. Again, love you, Jedrick Wills. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I admit it. I was wrong. But uh, he might have been four. He, um, he, I think he can bounce back a little bit this year. And, and Daniel Jones was very productive last year. It's just the turnovers. That's my biggest fear with him. Is If he can limit some of the turnovers, I think Jones is going to be really good. Obviously, getting a healthy Barkley back would be key. We don't know what Barkley's going to do this year. There's a lot of talk that he might miss uh, the beginning part of the season, which I do believe, I, I, you know, they brought in Devontae Booker, not for chump change either. He's on a pretty good-sized contract, which makes me think maybe the Giants believe he's not going to be quite ready to start off the season. But adding a Kenny Galladay, I still think Sterling Shepard, when he's healthy and on the field, is good. You know, Evan Ingram was dealing with injuries all last year. Can he start off the season healthy? Does that boost Daniel Jones up a little bit? So I think Jones has got a lot there in front of him. And I'm going to be honest, a lot like Jalen Hurts, this might be his make or break year. If he doesn't prove it this year, he could be on his way out as well here in the next year. So, uh, And I think he has a chance and the ability to do so. So he comes in at 16 for me. And again, I'll be honest. Andrew Thomas was pick four. Okay, some of it may be because I have a lot of shares of them, and I'm hoping that I'm gonna be right, and it's gonna happen. So maybe you know, just trying to speak it out into the ether there. Uh, but before we go, uh, Matt. So Dennis gave his as Joe Burrow. I gave mine as Jalen Hurts, as possibly outside of our top twelve jumping in. Who is yours? You know, I'm gonna go. Uh, he's gonna be a little bit further down when we talk about it in the second set. But I'm gonna go with Carson Wentz. Um, we were really high on him uh, early in the off season when that trade first happened. He had his best season uh, with Frank Reich there in Philly. Um, looked like he was, tra- you know, tracking to potentially be the MVP. Was easily gonna be up in the QB one range. I am not sold that he gets back there, but I think the potential is there. And that would be kind of an interesting um, one to bounce up. He's somebody that I have further down uh, back half of QB two that I could see taking a little bit of a leap. Yeah. And just to reiterate, uh, mine is actually Justin Fields and I'm just kidding, Uh, but I do think Fields is going to have a really good year. Uh, Dennis, who is your guy inside your top 12? You would not be surprised falls out of it. Inside my top 12, um, uh, I feel like it's a cop-out to say Stafford since he is at 12. I thought um, you were say Hurts. <laughs> no, that, and that wouldn't surprise me either, but I, 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 I'm going to say Kyler Murray. Okay. Wow. You know, I just feel like Murray is living on borrowed time. Yeah, I get that he's elusive and stuff, but – I feel like him and Kingsbury both are are just sort of it. You know, I don't know. I I, I just I can't buy into Murray, and it's going to end up probably haunting me in many championship games in which Kyler Murray defeats me. Um, but I, I I just I I feel like his his. Throwing hasn't been as consistent as I would like. He does run away, and then he, 
you know, he buys time, but eventually that's, that's going to catch up with you. It always does. It caught up with Michael Vick, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm projecting too far down the road. I, I did just, in a 16 team super flex two tight end tight end premium league uh i did trade kyle pitts uh for kyler murray but i really needed a second quarterback and there was a couple other pieces on both sides but uh, i had a great i had drafted four six and eight and i got naji harris jamar chase and and kyle pitts in that draft and so i felt like yeah, it was pretty. It's a sixteen team. It's a sixteen team that I'm the commissioner of league that I founded. That we pay out weekly high scores, and in three years, I have never gotten the weekly high score. Got to keep that traditional life. No, no, we don't. Um, mine that I'm going to go with is you know injuries could wreck a lot of things, but I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers because I think we're all taking for great. It seems like tide have turned and that he's going to be on a team for the beginning part of the season. But we've seen that relationship, you know, it, it feels like what we think he's feeling and what we think might happen has changed four or five times during the off season, whether it's being traded, whether it's sitting out, if he w was to miss, you know, a chunk of the season, let's say he sat out, you know, September and October and, and came back, it would be almost impossible to get up to top 12. So for me, it doesn't have to do with his talent. It has to do with potential of he's probably still the most volatile because until I see him on Sunday, September is it 12th, I think is yeah, opening day, so yeah. taking a snap, I'm not going to feel good about it. Uh, all right, so let's see here. Mine, it's going to hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But uh, for me, it's going to be Herbert. Uh, you know, the one thing I'll say about the Chargers is when everybody is all on board about them possibly being a good team, they always tend to disappoint. And I do think they've got a different coach. Obviously, they have a different coaching staff in there. A good team around him. I mentioned earlier that I think he could regress a little bit. You know, we, I, I do agree that there's not much that separates them, although he is kind of like the last group of tier one quarterbacks that I want. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he kind of regresses more than I expect him to and, and ends up falling outside that top 12. But he's really kind of the only guy for me, I think. You know, Aaron Rodgers, I agree with if he misses time. But outside of that, I don't see any shots. Stafford, I mean, Wilson, Tannehill, Brady, Burrow. I guess any of those guys are possible, but I'll go – with Justin Herbert. Matt, you want to address any of the uh, the listener league questions before we head out of here? Yeah, I will reach out. A couple of people responded on ones that are good, but uh, I thought I'd shout out our friend Jonathan Weber, uh, who he was technically wrong that uh, he thought Dennis would be the highest on uh, Trevor Lawrence and actually ended up being me, but he absolutely nailed where he thought we'd put him on the high end, which was 14, 15. We had one of us at 14, one of us at 15, and one of us who just hates uh, Clemson and everything it stands for. That is not true. I don't even, I mean, they're a trash school. I'm just kidding. I'm not, they're not <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, again, I, again, I, it's weird. It's not even, it's not even Lawrence. It's Urban Meyer that I, I'm worried about. So, uh, so that will uh, that'll do it for our top six teams. So Matt and I will actually be recording. I forgot I mentioned earlier. We'll be earlier. I said we'll be here on Thursday. We won't. Uh, Matt, I believe you're going on vacation as well at the end of this week. So yes, my wife's birthday is tomorrow. We're taking her on a trip Thursday, Friday. So 
So we will be recording early, so we won't have another live show this week, but the podcast will drop on Thursday. Matt and myself will record that uh, or in a couple days, and we'll, we'll definitely drop the podcast. That will be 17 through probably 32. We'll say 40. 32. We'll, we'll mention we've got like 40 guys ranked, so we'll talk about the other guys. But we'll we'll have that dropping on Thursday. So, again, you won't see another live show from us as Matt has to go celebrate uh, his wife's birthday because we all know happy wife, happy life, and, and nobody wants to. Uh, uh, it's a big deal. Big deal. 21. Again, it's a beautiful birthday. Beautiful birthday. I'm sure she's going to enjoy it. You guys, you guys have, a, have a great day with that. And then Matt, Dennis, and myself. Matt, Dennis, will you be here next Monday? Yes. Adding yes, and it will be the two of you. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we will kick off the running back discussion. We'll talk about the running backs, and then, Matt, you'll be back Thursday. I will indeed, yes. Next live for everybody. Yeah, so. next, next Monday, normally I have a, a meeting that I have to attend for work. Uh, that's the third Tuesday of every month, and I thought I took vacation, so I wouldn't have it this month, and they moved it to the fourth Monday. Um, because I need to take minutes. Yeah, because I'm the one that takes minutes. <laughs> Smart of them. So, yeah, Matt uh, Matt won't be here next Monday, but me and Dennis Wills, we talk about the running backs. So since we will not see you guys again live this week, everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you guys again in a week. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone! for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored.